Hello, and welcome to Leading Inspired Learning, a Strive podcast. All right, welcome. My name is Ali Scott. I'm the project manager of Strive, and I will be your host for today's episode. Um, today, we welcome Ebony, who's at RECE here in London. Um, Ebony is on one of our very, very special mini-sodes where we are amplifying 2SLGBTQQIA plus voices in our community um, and making sure that everybody is represented. So welcome, Ebony. Hi, thank you. Thanks for being here today. Um, Do you want to just tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, so um, I'm 38 and I've worked at the Y for about I'm going on 16 years. Wow. Yep. Um, so I've kind of worked my way up into a leadership position. And um, a leadership position is just kind of prerequisite for like a, like a director. That's yeah, what I want to do. Yeah, that's what I want to do um, eventually. So I just kind of mentor my colleagues and make sure they're doing their programming right and all that <laughs> kind of stuff. Um, help them out where, wherever they need help and then help my director as well yeah so I'm kind of like in every single age group yeah all the time (laughs) and you've been in the field for a long a long time now you did your ECE diploma here in Fanshawe yeah at Fanshawe yep yeah long that was eons ago ago. (laughs) I think I graduated in I mean you've already dated yourself by telling your age so (laughs) I know 2005 I graduated yeah it's been a long time yeah that's so great um, and do you want to tell us a little bit about your family? So I've been with my, my wife and I have been married just under a year, but we've been together for seven years. Thank you. Yeah, we just got married last October. And your pictures um, are beautiful. Yeah, it was such a nice day. It was awesome. And we have three beautiful children. We have a daughter. Our daughter is six, going on seven. And then um, our middle son is three. And our youngest son is almost two. Wow. Um, we've lived in London for, well, I've lived in London a really long time. My wife is just from, uh, Woodstock, but, uh, she moved here like when we got together (laughs) and then we've been uh, living together ever since. Yeah. Incredible. Yeah. Your family's beautiful. Your uh, daughter is like the spitting image. Of <laughs> I know. Yeah. She's. Yeah, I know. She looks. Everybody says that. Yeah. It's like looking in a mirror when I was young. Oh, yeah. I believe it. Yeah. I believe it. Your firstborn is biologically yours. Yeah. My daughter. Your daughter. So I did an IUI with her. Okay. Interuterine insemination. And it worked the first time. Very lucky. She was my last good egg, I swear. Like Wow. Because then as you reach 35 years old, your egg quality like plummets. For sure. It's considered right? geriatric or pregnancy. S- I know. I said that to my OB and she's like, no, <laughs> you're not geriatric. But I, but I swore I was. Yes. And then our boys yeah. are biologically my wife okay my wife so it's all same donor but we did IVF so they took eggs from my wife yep and then you know the egg and the sperm goes together from the donor and we created embryos so I think we had like five embryos but only two viable and the two viable were my boys were boys so then you carried all three children yes I did so after my wife saw me give birth to her daughter she was like no (laughs) She was open to it until I gave birth, and then she was like, I'm not doing that. So I was like, cool. How did you decide on your donor? Jamie and I got together, 
And I had already kind of decided that I was going to get pregnant. I remember Even that. before her and yeah. I were like a thing. And then we just fell in love so fast. And I just kind of knew like yeah. this was it. Like I, I had never really felt that so sure yeah. of somebody because I, I had been through like a lot with my love life. and But I had never felt so sure with her. And she stayed. Yeah. So then we started doing the appointments together. And I showed her... I had like a booklet of like donors, okay, when you could print them off. You can't do that anymore. (laughs) And we went through it over and over again. And then finally, I kept going back to the same donor and she kind of, she agreed with me. So then we just knew, okay, this is the donor we're going to choose. Yeah. And then we kept the same donor for all three, for obvious reasons, right? They're biologically really, I mean, it doesn't really matter anyway. It doesn't. I remember our fertility doctor was like blood does not make a family, especially not at a place like this, you know, yes. like it's, it's just love, love, love makes a family. So that really stuck in my mind when he said yeah. that to us. And how lucky are you that you had a fertility doctor that felt that way? Oh, he is amazing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah he's amazing. I, and I, after we had the babies, we sent pictures of them to the clinic yeah. just to show worked out. <laughs> Everything went well. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Um, a colleague, Laura, um, she actually recently passed away, but uh, she was beginning the process of, of looking for a donor and, and yeah, I, I'm yeah. doing the whole shebang. Yeah. And so I joked all the time with her about how I wanted to help shop for baby daddies with yeah. her. <laughs> I just yeah. think it would be such a fun thing to do. Yeah. Just like getting to like scroll through. Have you ever been on the website? No. Yeah. So you can go and like It's like a public pictures. website? Yeah. It's called Zytech cool zytech.com yeah and you like can go look at all the pictures you have to pay to like see their baby pictures and stuff but you can actually see and there's like thousands wow because we were looking at the one in toronto and it's like just not enough like not enough options Mm. so because it's free in canada okay so we ordered sounds so weird (laughs) we ordered we ordered from the states and then they 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 send it over yeah yeah and so okay i have more questions yeah fine. does the donor like do donations and that's as much as they donate and so you're kind of limited to that or will they continually donate if you request so it more? really depends like I don't think that that particular donor has donates anymore I don't, I'm not sure yeah but yeah it really it depends on the donor they could keep going and like we found we actually found like a Facebook group with the donor number so oh. they have siblings that was gonna be my next question so like we, I don't like some of them are in Ontario there I think there's a couple in Quebec a lot of them are lesbian moms too which is like so random you, you but a lot tight. of them are in Canada <laughs> it's super weird I just don't know how to like approach it my wife and I are still kind of like yeah it's just kind of weird to us like yeah to like introduce because like our kids are too young to really understand for where sure they came for from sure. yet like our daughter has asked questions but mm. it's too hard to explain to her she's just too young she's yeah. only six so We'll just wait and then go from there. But at least it is kind of cool to like see, yeah, like that they use the same donor. Like how random is that? Like so, in Ontario, yeah. and Quebec, like it's so random. It's really weird. It makes me think of as like Netflix documentaries and like yeah, all the, and all these like ancestry or twenty three and me horror stories about people finding like long lost siblings they didn't know existed. Yeah, but the technology is so advanced now that should your children in the future choose to look up potential biological siblings it would be relatively easy for them yeah and like so then they know like who they can't be with I mean what if that happened if they're in Ontario who they can't be with or like what if they needed an organ like I don't know like it's just kind of if you think about things like that then they're related so 
if they ever needed like something like that. Interesting. I never thought of that. Yeah. Cool. I know. Super cool. That's really cool. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, So why do you love doing what you're doing? Why do you love being an RECE? Why do you love the journey that you've taken? I always babysat when I was a teenager and I worked at the Y. I was a camp counselor. Like I know I knew I always wanted to work with kids. And originally I wanted to be a kindergarten teacher, but I took my ECE kind of I was going to go in yeah. to teaching college, and then I just started working with younger kids, and I really liked the impact I was making and the rapport with the families, and I just really knew that I was making a difference yeah. with with the young with the younger ones. Yeah, you fell in love. I did. Yeah, and it was hard to. I just never left. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> here you are. <laughs> yeah, and I really like mentoring, like new ECEs students. I like helping them achieve like their goals, their career goals too. Yeah. So you kind of already touched on this, but why you've chose a career in early childhood education and care. What was really the driving factor? I wanted to make a difference. Yeah. I really wanted to make a difference in children's lives. We all know that the first five years are the most important. Mm-hmm. And I really just wanted to be, and I have that maternal, like, I always wanted to be a mom too. And I just have that maternal instinct. I really just, yeah, wanted to make a difference in kids' lives. Yeah. And you're doing that. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> Um, so what is your connection to the 2S LGBTQQIA plus community? I'm the L. <laughs> okay, great. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've known for a very long time. I was really scared to come out when I was younger. Yeah. Um, so I think I came out, I was probably like, oh, I don't know, 20. I think I came okay. out as bisexual first. I feel like that's always... It felt safer? It felt, yeah, it felt like safer then that's right then like fully coming out and then like I don't know maybe a few months later I was like no <laughs> <laughs> no not for me. I went through phases though too I yeah. thought at one point maybe I was pansexual mm-hmm. or you know and then but I came right back to I just I don't know you kind of go through things in your life you know through that journey and then I did come back and realize that like no I'm definitely a, the L <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> That's lesbian folks. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> yeah. And I made like so many friends when I came out and I felt so safe That's with amazing. like people that were like like me in, in that aspect, you know, of uh, sexuality. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Um, so how do these connections, how does your identity, your sexuality show up and reflect in your work with children and families? Um, so I think representing all families, you know, yeah. like... If we're just speaking about my family, my children need that representation of two moms. And there's so many different kind of diverse families, right? I have tons of different families that need that kind of representation, whether it's like grandma or grandpa or aunts and uncles, brothers, sisters. Like there's so many. It takes a village, right? I have this one particular family that is very gender diverse and they Mm -hmm. have a lot of different aspects to their family. And I think that's it's so important just to talk about that with the kids and stuff, especially younger children exposing them to just differences you know and I do have kids ask like oh you know my son has this has another mummy you know and uh, that's good to get those conversations started yeah and you know pretty much all the parents know and the families know because the children talk about they're going to talk about it right because my son talks about his two mummies right so I think that's good to start talking about it at a young age yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you hit the nail on the representation piece. We talk about it all the time. We talked about it in our education. We've talked about it in, 
you know, our professional learning is how important it is to represent all the different types of families, but to truly embody that and to proudly be the family you are and live the life you are in front of the children and families in your care. It doesn't, some people don't feel comfortable to do that. It depends. Yeah, I agree. It really depends like the situation that I'm in with children though. Children are so innocent and that's, you know, that's taught. Yeah. To think that something may be wrong. You know what I mean? Like children don't think that, oh, you have, he has two mummies. Moving on. Like they don't even have a second thought. You know what I mean? And I think that getting parents involved in those conversations is like so vital. So vital for people like me and, you know, biracial couples, like lots. There's so many different families, right? And that's important to show that it's normal and it's it's okay whether you think it's wrong it doesn't mean that it is you know yeah Yeah, absolutely and I I love what you said there it's taught Um, it is taught it starts at home the the hate and um, discrimination isn't something that children come by naturally no they have no idea they're so innocent and loving no matter what right absolutely two children don't care at all you have not two mommies or two daddies that's or right. whatever that's right um yeah that's yeah that's a really good point so why is gender diversity gender justice so important it's really a man's world yeah it is it's just the reality of it's the situation specifically a white man's world right white <laughs> cis man yeah white yeah. cis man yes yeah, exactly. <laughs> it is it yeah. is and that's just i don't think anybody could argue that it's yeah. just the way it's just the way it is right yeah. now but i think Things are slowly changing. I think women are starting to feel stronger and liberated. And mm-hmm. I think one of the biggest things going on right now is like reproductive health mm-hmm. with women. The choice for, with, for us to do what we want yeah. for our bodies, with our bodies, sorry. Yeah. I think that it's like asinine that things like that, we're going backwards okay. in time. And we're even talking about like, why are we even talking about that? Yeah. You well, know. and it's things that if we lived in a different country, would directly impact you and your family. Right. Right. It would. Right, which is just... I probably would never have even had been yeah. with Jamie or, right. you know, with, with my wife or anything, so... And, yeah, it's not like, you know, you can conceive your children in, I'm quoting, traditional ways. Right. <laughs> whatever that looks like. Yes. So that reproductive health is a huge part of that. It is, because without that here... We wouldn't have been able to have children. For sure. So, I mean, that way. That not way. The traditional, not the traditional whatever. way. Yeah. And you know what? There's a lot of like heterosexual couples I can't conceive Absolutely unless they go is. through IVF and stuff. So they need that too. Yeah. Like every every woman needs reproductive yeah. health care. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. We talked a little bit even before we started recording about um, gender diversity, how, I, like we already touched on how children just like don't care (laughs) Um, they don't (laughs) and how society has really polarized this is what a woman looks like and this is what a man looks like Mm -hmm. and that's the only options for you I know when I was pregnant with my son we didn't find out the sex and it is virtually impossible to buy gender neutral baby clothing yeah I don't know when we're gonna not like people are gonna realize that like color doesn't have a gender and just little things like that, like yeah. in childcare especially, right? Like, and I'm sure you've heard it. I remember 
back when I was working directly with children, when you, you know, someone, someone would have an accident and you throw whatever lost and found pants on yeah. the child and they just so happened to be pink and polka dots. Yeah. And the parents would potentially be upset that their child yes. was in that type of clothing or that their child was dressing up as a princess in the dress up area. Or they're getting their nails painted or, or yeah, if it was like a male. Yeah. So how can we support gender diversity in our programs? So I think literature yeah. is one of the biggest things. Having some literature that has to do with gender diverse situations. Mm-hmm. Uh, talking about it with the kids. I mean, it needs to be appropriate, like yep. child appropriate, right? But I think that there's this like rhetoric going around that like there's trans kids don't exist. Yeah. We talked about that. Yeah. And that's not true. I mean, there's lots of trans kids that may not have a safe space, but just starting that conversation, maybe not at toddler age, obviously, but even some toddler parents may be trans. We don't know. For sure. Right? So, Or educators. Right. (laughs) And educators that are teaching children, you may not know, I guess, maybe just not assuming anything. Yeah. You know, asking what people's pronouns are. And I know a lot of people have an issue with, well, I don't want I don't want to ask them their pronouns, you know. It's just like such a big deal to yeah. ask people's pronouns, but it's just it's really not. It's just a word. It's just a and word. it's just being respectful to the other person, right? Like yeah. it's It's all about the language we use. We mm-hmm. talked about that in another podcast too, but I even think about using a terminology like partner instead of Yes. husband or wife or Unless the person refers to them as their wife yeah, or wa- exactly. husband or whatever, yeah. But I'm not married and I refer to my partner as my partner because mm-hmm. that puts us all on an equal right language playing field i did until i got married yeah. and now and it's still kind of a transition yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah. yeah. you're yeah. white yeah you're white <laughs> i know i know <laughs> it's crazy yeah. but yeah i think language language is very powerful and it's just respectful right it's not hard to be respectful to and, um, that's just it like it, it doesn't take that much energy to be kind and respectful mm-hmm. I feel. and even if you don't understand it it doesn't mean it's wrong it's not scary yeah it's just how does that affect you yeah. if they want to be referred to they she he whatever yeah. and if people have questions about your sexual identity do do you welcome that how do you approach that with families with children i've actually never come across a family never like directly ask no. me i can read families and read parents and I know what's appropriate and what's not because we all talk about our personal life like Mm -hmm. oh my kids do this like you're relating to families right to to develop that kind of rapport and I have talked about like my wife and my kids and just kind of opening up that dialogue right because I I never know what somebody's gonna think but I also don't want to hide a part of who I am because I'm proud you know of my wife and my children just yeah opening up that dialogue and that conversation with families and I mean if they have questions I'd be happy to answer them I don't think I would delve like too deep but (laughs) children absolutely like kids are so easy to talk to and And I think you being transparent and open about that also opens potentially families up to sharing parts of them so that actually did happen I didn't know about our the one gender really gender diverse family and she did open up to me. So it was kind of amazing. I think she felt, once I opened up, yeah, she opened up the mom and she felt like, I think she felt safe. That's amazing. It's a safe space, right? And yeah. I think 
even more now she's like because she was like kind of a newer they were like a newer family mm -hmm. so we didn't really know much about each other but yeah, yeah no she's like you can tell that she's really open she up, feels so comfortable with yeah you yeah because you provided that personal insight right right and it is heterosexual people i have a lot of friends that are heterosexual yeah. if we're just talking about sexualities whatever mm -hmm. but it, it does sometimes feel safer when you know that they're bisexual or lesbian or like a part of that community right. when you're opening up because you just never know how somebody might feel about it like with you totally yeah. comfortable because I know who you are right yeah. but you don't know how the world thinks you just you just don't know so it's, it is always easier to kind of come out to somebody that's like comfortable comfortable and a safe space in yeah. the community right yeah and we were saying this before we were started recording too of just how scary it is right now mm -hmm. it's um, so bad so, so bad naturally wanting to be guarded and protective to protect yourself and your mm -hmm. family mm -hmm. is a natural instinct like it does scare me for my children a little bit I'm afraid that they're gonna be made fun of or teased or I don't I don't know yeah and my daughter's not afraid to talk about her two mummies you know yeah. and she's so young right now so it's not happening right now but like it, it could it could and it it does it does scare me like my wife and I don't hold hands in public right mm. now especially right now it's just like not a thing that's heartbreaking it is it is because we go out as a family right but yeah. I just you just never know you never know what people are thinking and that just circles back to just how important it is that we're having these conversations that we're being open and transparent with children because we're helping to support and raise the next generation that's right and you want them to be accepting and loving and kind and you know just just how we think a better world yeah yeah I'm hoping hoping <laughs> I'm really hoping that it changes I think the next I think the generation below us what is it Gen Z yes I think they're going to change the world I agree because they are so fluent and diverse and like they just accept everybody like I just I work with a few yeah uh, like women in that in the Gen Z yeah. era and yeah. they are like eh you don't care like they're so uh progressive and so open progressive and open-minded yeah. and yeah they're, I think they're going to change the world for sure I'm with you yeah I'm, I mean I think that us millennials I abs absolutely we started something yes we did I think we yeah. started in Gen Z's just like ramping yeah. it up I for agree. sure yeah I'm, and that makes me hopeful same it's yeah. scary right now but it does make me hopeful yeah it's more I I'm glad I live here yes <laughs> Our liberal government is very liberal. So yes. I feel yeah. really, yeah, I'm happy we live yeah. here. Yeah. Do your children call you and your wife mommy? So they call my wife mommy and me mama. We decided that before they were born. Did you? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I didn't know if it was like a nap. Like I'm, my son's in the evolution from mama phase to mommy phase. Oh, okay. I'm not loving it. He's, yeah. Not going to lie. <laughs> <laughs> but That's I did funny. know, I, I mean, I also like, I loved like modern family how with Cameron and Mitch the like she calls you dad she calls me daddy yeah 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 we decided just so that they could differentiate like who was who but my daughter the oldest one is now starting mom I'm like no don't call me that I'm like, you can call me mama still I'm not ready for that yet for the mom so do you think it's going to change that you're going to turn into mom and Jamie will stay mommy maybe I don't know I don't know. It'll be interesting to see how it evolves. Yeah, I don't think they'll ever call her mama, though. That'd no. be weird. <laughs> yeah. Just because she's always known as mommy. But yeah. yeah, I don't know, maybe. And my friend has a 13-year-old son, and now he's calling her bra. <laughs> bra. Not mom or ma. 
Opera. And oh my god, like, I dread the day. I know with my son too. Like, yeah. Oh my gosh, it's gonna be it's gonna happen someday. <laughs> oh my goodness, amazing. Well, thank you so much for coming on our little mini so. Thank you so much for sharing your voice with our community. Um, it's something that we strive to do all year long, but we wanted to especially highlight and amplify voices in our community this week of of Pride Fest. So, thank you. Thank you for having me on. Thanks so much for listening. You can connect with us on Instagram at Leading Inspired Learning Pod or on our website at striveswo.ca slash podcast. I would love to have you tell a friend or colleague about this podcast. Thanks again for listening. Please join us next time.